0: This is episode number nine of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. In this episode, I share with you why I go to therapy and why you can too. I got the idea for this because this week I went back to see my therapist and was reminded of how good. It is to feel supported like that. So I felt inspired to dedicate an episode to demystifying the therapy process. And if you're already like, oh hell no, I'm not going to therapy, then I want to make clear my intent here is not to persuade. It's to educate. I want everyone to feel empowered to make educated choices about your well-being. So... If you have followed along with the material in the previous podcasts, including last week's episode about boundaries, it could be that you are bumping into parts of your inner world that could use some extra attention. Seeking out professional coaching or therapy is one way to get that attention. But I definitely know that a lot of people aren't friendly to the idea of professional counseling and that there's a lot of stigma about hiring a therapist. If this is the case for you, I simply wanted to open the door to the therapy room and invite you to hear my story about my 26 years of therapy and counting, about why I still see a therapist, and my thoughts about steps you can take too, if you want, to support your individual healing. Here goes. The year was 1995. I was a freshman at the University of North Texas. This was my first year of being away from home. It was definitely a relief, and I also knew I needed help. Seven years prior, my mother had died, and it had been a dark blur since then. I contacted my college counseling center and was matched with a graduate student who was studying to be a therapist, who I will never forget. I am not sure who was more anxious, him or me. I remember sitting across from him in this windowless cubicle every week and telling him about my childhood. He recorded our sessions on a cassette tape player to review them with his supervisor. Remember cassette tape players? Uh, I remember very little of what transpired between us, but I do remember asking for a copy of those tapes. And what he told me was that I coped by intellectualizing, essentially by routing my feelings through my head, through my intellect and that he and his supervisor agreed that it wouldn't be good for me to review the tapes because I was already not feeling my feelings, and I didn't need to review the words. I needed to let the feelings in. Now, let me tell you, none of that made a difference in any immediate way. In fact, I remember feeling very irritated that he wouldn't hand over those tapes. (laughs) But it did plant a seed. So fast forward to graduate school, the year 2000, and again, I knew I'm... I need help. I'm not quite right in here. So I began seeing a string of therapists, and this time it was practitioners who did body-centered work. And I began to apply the advice of that first student therapist. I began to drop into my body and feel my feelings. Grief and rage and horror and sadness began pouring out. It was often overwhelming and a little scary and definitely humbling, but I stuck with it. I was beginning to unlock emotions that had been locked down from my history of unsafety in childhood. Looking back, it was like I was waking up from a long fog and it was just the beginning. It's now 26 years after I first called my college counseling center and I continue to work with a therapist. I see her as a sort of life mentor. With her, I practice doing life better. I practice with her what I want to amplify everywhere else. My youth taught me to brace against life and that love was unreliable and that people weren't worth trusting. Now I practice softening that, beginning by softening to her. I practice softening my uh, mistrust My therapist taught me to do this by practicing with me over and over to soften, to trust, and to receive. And the way I see it, the therapeutic relationship becomes a template, a living taste of healthy relating, which we can repeat with others in our world. Now, you may read wonderful books about healing material and mental health or listen to podcasts or um, watch videos, and this is good. But if you don't have support to apply that to your own story and take it out of your head or your intellect and into your body in some experiential way, you may not ever change your patterns. And some patterns are very worth changing. So if you are opposed to the idea of therapy I consider consider this as a possible starting point. Do not make a commitment to see a therapist. Make a commitment to start by doing research. Most coaches or therapists have an initial consultation where you can ask them questions and get a feel for them. Schedule a handful of interviews. And as you encounter each person, ask yourself, do I like them? Can I trust them? Uh, It's like, what does my gut say or what does my instinct say? What you want is someone you can eventually open up to. So listen to your gut to discern who that could be. When I'm personally shopping for a therapist, what I ask myself is, is this professional also a person? I want someone who isn't pretending to be perfect, but who will join me in being imperfect and be okay with that. So ask yourself, what are you looking for? and persist, and see what it's like, you may find the right person to start with. Finding the right therapist is definitely a trust-building process. I remember in 1999, after two sessions with a yoga therapist I saw in Chicago, I told him, I quit, I don't trust you, I want a referral to someone else. And I'll never forget, he didn't bat an eye, and he replied with, "Hmm." Trust takes time to build. I wouldn't expect you to trust me after two sessions. I liked his answer, and I stayed with him for a total of three years. He helped me do some profound healing from my mother's death, and I will always be grateful. So, dear listener, as I close this episode, I leave you with a truth about our emotional body. Most of our defenses serve the same function— To keep us from feeling feelings that were too big to feel, for whatever reason, at some point in our history. Why would you seek out a therapist? Good coaching or therapy creates the kind of container within which you can reacquaint yourself with your feelings. And this is how we get the power back to reshape our lives, not into what we were given, but into what we know is possible for ourselves. Our partners, our children, and our community. You may never call a coach or a therapist, and truly, I want you to know I'm okay with that. But I hope this episode may at least normalize for you the conscious choice to work on your personal healing. If you don't choose to do that with a professional guide, consider that you could dedicate other parts of your life to your healing. For example, what about dedicating your mothering to the healing of your own internal scared child? What about dedicating your exercise routine to the healing of your history of not feeling supported or encouraged? This is intention setting. Consider setting an intention to acknowledge your healing and well-being in some way and just see what that's like. And if you do decide to research coaches or therapists, make sure you give yourself permission to find the right person for you. Ask them if they are body-centered and will help you connect with your body. Um, Ask them if they offer COVID rates. Most practitioners do, I do. Advocate for yourself. You deserve to feel supported. If your own history hasn't given you that opportunity, I hope you are reminded through this episode that you have options. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Ho, 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 ho.